0: Welcome to episode 69 of the NeverEnding Glory Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilly. Tonight, Jerry Burris is off doing fatherly duties. uh, So it's myself along with the Zustin bros. It'll be a a challenge corralling these two tonight. Um, But gentlemen, I'm pretty excited that you, the three of us, can just kind of talk about our putrid fantasy teams right now as we are looking um, at, you know, hanging out at the bottom of the standings. And we don't have to hear Elitis Burris brag for the first time ever for having a winning record. So, I'm excited about that tonight. I'm also excited to talk about all things that happen Week Three fantasy football, and looking forward to Week Four um, as we try to buck that trend of losing and and get these teams off to a, a winning record would be fantastic. Gentlemen, how are we doing
1: tonight? Happy 69, Luke.
2: <laughs> We're
0: living. Let's get let's get the sophomore jokes out now, so we can uh, talk to these people about what they can expect coming up in week four of the fantasy football season. So, do we have any more jokes about sixty nine, or can we get right into it? No. All right. So, as you know, this is the Never Ending Glory Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. Check us out on Facebook and on SoundCloud. Just search for the Never Ending Glory Podcast. Subscribe. Tell your friends know, tag us in a few posts. We're happy to answer any sort of fantasy football-related question that you may have, or just life questions in general as well. Um, send us emails at anygpodcast at gmail dot com. Any starter, sit, trade advice, we're happy to answer. And of course, download our app. Our um, download and subscribe on the iTunes app, uh, the the podcast app on your Apple iPhone, and uh, be sure to listen to us every week because we are doing nothing but spitting hot fire. About fantasy football and all things NFL related. And as we always do, we're going to start the week off with our week three point pounders and go over the best players at each position from week three. And it starts off for the second week in a row, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Brady, the GOAT, finishes with 378 yards, five touchdowns, one two point conversion, and a fumble. Uh, To come from behind and beat the Houston Texans—not the most impressive win ever—but Mark, Sean, did you guys see that laser focus he had when he got to Brandon Cooks? Because that was the game-winning. That game-winning touchdown is literally what I've been waiting for ever since the Patriots traded for this guy back in March, and it was exciting to see. I didn't see it. Well, you missed a great football. (laughs) It's a
2: great football. No, well, I mean, obviously, we were stuck watching Browns and Colts, but uh, I I have uh, Brady and. In uh, what, Mark, we got him in one league, and I've got him in two others. Um, so obviously, I was with uh, baited Brett that final touchdown. And uh, no, he kind of bounced back from week one, huh? Did I, yeah.
1: I? love it because we own the tight. We own the Texans' first round draft pick next year, and I want them to lose every game.
0: <laughs> well Deshaun Watson Deshaun Watson's starting to look pretty solid so uh, I don't know if they're going to lose every game but I, I don't think they're a playoff team this year
1: he's RG3 he's nothing great it, 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 it was worth it for us
0: it was. Uh, the best wide receiver of week three, Stefan Diggs, again, had another huge game. This time to the tune of eight catches, 173 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, on the receiving end of balls thrown by Case Keenum against the Tampa Bay D, that Mark, you called them the point pounder in week two, and they were awesome in week two. What happened to them in week three? How did Stephon Diggs turn into Jerry Rice against this team that absolutely dominated the Bears uh, a mere week ago?
1: Well, they had three defensive starters out, and they're really struggling in terms of staying healthy. So, I mean, that's pretty straightforward what's going on with their D. And then I got some uh, – they're not going into Minnesota and winning that game. I can't believe Tampa Bay was favored, and they were just thinking more on the lines of Bradford. But Case Keenum can still manage a football game and, and not make a lot of turnovers. Now that Jeff Fisher's out of the way, he's good to go.
0: Uh, it always comes back to Jeff Fisher and the point pounder running back from week three, uh, has some history, with Jeff Fisher and has some history on this podcast because I was singing his praises all year last year. It looks like I might've been a year too early. And I just want to give a shout out to our, our friend at Nick and Akron who hosts the college football pod here at NEG podcast. Um, Todd Gurley. 113 yards rushing, two touchdowns, five catches, 36 yards, and another touchdown. Sean, is there any way he's going to keep up this touchdown production for the rest of the season?
2: I think it's feasible. I, I think what you're seeing with the Rams is, um, and cue this up over the coming weeks, is Sean McVay, you know, kind of mixing the hybrid between Shanahan and uh, Jay Gruden and their systems. A uh, young guy, creative. You know, it's fascinating to see him on the sidelines. He doesn't really pay attention when the defense is on. I mean, he's right. engaged to an extent, but for the most part, let's wait. Phillips do his thing there. And you know, this is why it's so frustrating as a Browns fan or some of these teams that are rebuilding year after year or coach after coach is to miss on this guy when you've tried on three others kind of like him, um, maybe not age-wise, but it. it you can turn teams around really quickly, and it's not like you know the Rams are oozing talent everywhere. They've they've right. got it in some spots, and you know Gurley's been been st- solid, but he's not been you know great yards per carry. But you get into the red zone, and you, he just finds it and has an knack for getting in the end zone. And naturally, I I played him and uh, him and Wat- Wat- Watkins this week, and was down seventy to nothing after, <laughs> after Thursday night. So that was awesome. as – Many of you guys found out on the text chain as I complained the entire weekend.
0: It has been a rough go of things. Uh, I mentioned, I tweeted out that 2016's theme of the podcast was I was going to ball wash Todd Gurley, and 2017's theme is going to be you just bitching about just your bad luck this year in fantasy football. So we'll see if that continues. And I just want to say, you know, I-, I like the divide just to kind of talk about your point with Sean McVay and Wade Phillips. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit more when we do our pick them podcast. But I do love the divide where he just kind of, you know, they brought in uh, a guy, Wade Phillips, who has head coaching um, history. And obviously has been brought in to run that defense and Sean McVay's pretty much said I'm going to be hands off with of this let you do your thing Wade let me focus on the offense so what's really impressive is is that they're able to have that that divide and let them work to their strengths and it's, it's obviously benefited uh, not only the Rams offenses as a whole for this year but I think moving forward because you're going to see Jared Goff continue to grow and and being finally given the opportunity to learn how to play the pro game uh, so I, I really like Jared Goff as a streamer for the next few weeks if you have a a guy like Cam Newton, which we'll talk about him later. Uh, and, you know, Jared Goff and the rest of those Rams are starting to turn into some uh, fantasy-relevant players. A-, a guy who wasn't fantasy-relevant, but was the best-scoring tight end this week. And uh, you know what? we got to pat ourselves on the back, gents. We mentioned this player a few weeks ago after Allen Robinson went down the torn ACL. Mercedes Lewis, four catches, 62 yards, three touchdowns. I know the answer, Mark. I just want to hear it come out of your your mouth. Is there any way that people should pick up Mercedes Lewis in waivers or in free agency?
1: No, but sadly, it hurts me to say that he's way better than Julius Thomas. Maybe that's why they (laughs) got rid of the turd.
0: If you remember correctly, uh, Mark and I have a little banter going back and forth because we like to judge each other based on our fantasy draft picks. He gave me crap for taking Denny Wood in the fourth round. I gave him crap for taking Julius Thomas in the seventh round. Um, but yes, Mercedes Lewis is Julius Thomas's replacement in Jacksonville. In London, had three touchdowns. Surprisingly enough, Blake Bortles is actually looking like a competent quarterback to a point, uh, and they absolutely embarrassed the Ravens across the pond. So, what are the
1: Ravens doing? How the Ravens make Deshaun Kaiser look like like he's five, and then make Blake Bortles look like he's hashtag Joe Montana.
0: I think the underlying theme is is the NFL is weird week to week, as is fantasy football, as is picks. Uh, you know, we'll release our picks from last week, or actually, we already did. There was a lot of red with our pick'em games, and it's just it's so hard to judge the NFL week to week, and it's it's amazing. You're right, Mark. It's amazing how a defense can look so great against the Browns and looked so bad against Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I don't understand it. Um, and you know, any given Sunday, that's, that's the motto. Any given Sunday, Sunday, any team can win. So, uh, and this past Sunday, we were impressed by what I've been touting as a historically bad defense for the past two years. New Orleans D allowed 13 points. They had four sacks and three picks against Cam Newton. Cam was benched in the fourth quarter Tonight's underlying theme will also be how much Cam Newton sucks because a few of us have heavily invested in him this year and have been burned by him. Um, but New Orleans D coming out of nowhere, I think this is more a product of the the Panthers trying to find an identity on offense than really the um, the the Saints being great on defense. I still think they're they're a pretty terrible defense. But honorable mentions for point pounders for the week. Sean, your boy Russell Wilson four touchdowns, and then Sammy Watkins, like you said, two touchdowns. Might have a concussion. Uh, you know, if Sammy Watkins is healthy, do you see that that um, the production continuing? And Russell Wilson, you know, the four touchdowns, is touchdowns—that a sign of things
2: to come, or was this just a mirage? Uh, I, I would say a mirage, probably for both. Maybe a little less than with Russell Wilson. I, I, I think they have to throw. I, I, I think yeah. they got to play a lot more shotgun with him. And they have to find a way to get the 20 points, mm-hmm. um, you know, their model, like how they played San Francisco and and some of these, you know, NFC West games that they've had historically are, isn't going to work this year. Um, not with that. off. They have to find a way to make first downs, not just, you know, kind of hold the ball, but like keep their defense off the field a little bit. Otherwise, they're going to get extraordinarily worn down. So and Watkins that was that was some quirkiness there, some goal, neat goal line stuff or inside the ten from McVay to get Watkins the ball. I think you could see more targets twenty to twenty. Um, but the red zone probably are two touchdowns you. You may not see that this year uh, again, just because they've got they actually have some weapons with austin cup and um and woods. So mm-hmm. I think they spread the ball around a little bit more as defenses start to key to Watkins and Gurley. And, you know, even a guy like Higby could could be a factor.
0: Another guy close to your heart, Sean, A.J. Green sighting. He, he finally came out and played on Sunday. A sign of things, things to come or is this offense still just a, a dumpster fire?
2: It, it's not a coincidence that won my week because A.J. Green <laughs> decided to show the hell up. Now, naturally, in another league, I play against him this week and he's going up against the Browns. Uh, So, you know, certainly a favorable matchup there because we just decided we weren't going to cover T.Y. Hilton last week. (laughs) And if we try that again with A.J. Green, Mark, he's going to go for about 250. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, so if we don't cover him, he's not going to get 250 (laughs) yards? (laughs) uh, uh, Sean, I'm not even addressing the fact that you said we're not going to cover
1: him. We're not going to cover him. We always play A.J. Green well. Every year.
0: No, that's back when Joe Hayden was there. Joe Hayden played AJ Greenwell.
1: Well, Joe Hayden's terrible.
0: <laughs> One of my favorite wide receivers I mentioned earlier game winning touchdown for the Patriots, Brandon Cooks, five catches, 131 yards, two touchdowns. I have hit him a few leagues. Uh, the Brady to to Cook stack, unfortunately, in our league, gentlemen, could not get me the win. I'm sure you guys are very devastated for me there. Um, you know, I couldn't get it done with Crow because my. Running backs are god awful. I don't even want to get into that. Um, but but Mark, we had a bounce back from Jordan Howard, 138 yards, two rushing touchdowns, uh, game winner against Pittsburgh. You know, a lot of people were writing him off after Tariq Cohen kind of blew up again in week two, and Jordan Howard was in a sling after the game and really didn't wasn't much of a factor. Uh, you know, obviously, we're pouring the, you know, they're throwing the the dirt on his grave way too early. Jordan Howard's still a good running back in this league, and, and a pretty damn good fantasy running back. Uh, you know, Tariq Cohen will continue to have a role with the Bears, but it's still Jordan Howard's backfield, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, he's going to run the ball a lot there, but I don't know how much talent he has if if in the quarterback position is going to hold up or not.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that offense, you know, with, with Mike Glennon under center, I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be there. Obviously, this win probably is going to get him a few more weeks there and keep that starting job before they bring in Trubisky. Uh, but we'll see how that all plays out. But finally, the last honorable mention point pounder I want to talk about Mark, you got him. You've talked about him a little bit here and there. Chris Thompson, six catches, 150 yards, and a touchdown. Jay Gruden's come out and said we're not going to give him the ball any more than we do now, even though Rob Kelly's hurt. Samaj P. Ryan went out with a hand injury. Uh, They're afraid to give him the ball too much because he'll break down. Can you start Chris Thompson every week, Mark, or is this a guy where you just kind of have to throw him in for a bi-week or injury and hope for the best?
1: Well, I mean, if you say can you start him every week, I mean – He's put up 14.5 points, 23 points, and 26.5. So the answer to that question is yes, you can start him every week. Uh, they're going to run him a little bit more than what they what everyone thinks this week because they have a bye week in Week 5. So I wouldn't be surprised to see if he gets a couple more carries this week because Samaji P. Ryan blows. Terrible. Oh. He's terrible. And they're running this guy, and it's, it's, it's going to hurt him. It's going to bite him, mm-hmm. so especially if Rob Kelly's not active.
2: Yeah, love uh, for Chris and, Thompson this week. And P. Ryan had a fumble, so you know, uh, you know how they handled Matt Jones. That's not going to be tolerated. Matt Jones. I think what they do is they really minimize. If they're up, they're not going to use Chris Thompson. But in sequences and points in time in games, you know that they, they they really are. They see him as a fifteen to eighteen touch guy. He's used really well. If you were planning to start Bilal Powell, Danny Woodhead, Luke. Christian McCaffrey, you could buy six, seven rounds later, Chris Thompson, and he's the exact same player, if not more defined, because Jay Gruden's system finds ways to get him the ball, a la what you know Andy Reid had with Sproles and some of Mm -hmm. these these traditional third down backs. He's a perfect complement to have. He's that sneaky guy you drafted RB four that's an RB two already. Um, and can help he really, really manage though. true injuries. He's
0: not right, that's hold a hold up, though. I agree, Mark. You know, he went undrafted in one of my leagues. I actually picked him up right after the draft because I had an IR spot and I put, I think I put like Andrew Luck there or whatever. And when I, you know, I dropped Chris Thompson before week one, just thinking that, ah, eh, whatever, he, he's, he's going to be a bit player. He'll probably be injured by week four and be out for a few games. Uh, You know, you kind of ride it while you still can, and I wish I I held on to him, but you're right. That's the reason why I wasn't too high on him going into the season, I I think... All along the fantasy community, he really wasn't looked at as a
2: week-to-week starter because he can't hold up. So, you know, meanwhile, it's, it's, Danny Woodhead. When's oh, the last time on. he played? A, when's the last time he played a full season, Luke? Well, I, okay, you, I understand this. I man. understand Two everything you guys
1: are saying, but he's not playing week seven to ten in any lineup. They play the Eagles at Philly, then they play Dallas, and then they're at Seattle, and then Minnesota. He's none of those matchups are are are, are good for. See, him. see
2: I think so he's there's four weeks proof. right
1: there that he's not playing. He hey, I disagree. I think he's
2: matchup proof.
1: What do you mean, Sean? Once Rob Kelly comes back, he's getting knocked into it. I mean, You're not going to be able to run the ball against eight.
2: some of those teams. You're not running against the Eagles front with, with Washington's lackluster offensive line. I think you have to throw it. I think he's got to be on the field to add a dimension. And well, if, he's on, ball, snaps, if he's on the, the ball, field for snaps, he's on the field for four or five, five catches. Dimension. Four or five catches. That's You get that. You get 50 yards. All of a sudden, you got yeah. 10 points. But here's the thing.
1: His four or five catches are working right now because he's breaking one long for a touchdown. But if he has four catches for 30 yards, you're getting six points there. And he's not getting more than six carries when Rob Kelly comes back. He had eight carries last last week. So if he's not going to get more than six carries, you're still, like, getting – you're in the somewhere in the seven to nine point range. So, like, he's not an RB2. He's not an RB3. He's a spot starter as an RB4 that you're going to have to fill in. And that's coming week seven through
2: ten.
0: I, I agree. He he's he's a bit player right now. Spot starter. Um, I would trade him if I could. I mean, if you have him, trade him. His value is probably an all time high right now. So, um, but we'll move on. Uh, these are like I said, the week three uh, point pounders. If you have any any thoughts on week four point pounders, we'll talk about ours later. But sh- be sure to send us a tweet at Glory Podcast with hashtag Point Pounder and let us know who you like for week four. And uh, we'll be sure to retweet that and, uh, you know, get the conversation started. Going to this week's su- This Guy Sucks, all the week three guys that were a huge disappointments, and I'm going to start off right now real quick with Kim Newton. F this guy, he's dead to me. I had him in four leagues. He was my starter in four leagues. I'm dropping him outright in one league for Jared Goff, and I'm much happier starting Jared Goff because – Listen, I always knew the issue with Cam Newton was he was always an inaccurate thrower. He ne- has never, never, never been an accurate guy Um he got, a, he got away with it because of his legs, and he could you know rush for 50, 60 yards and a touchdown or two. Well, they, they ain't running him anymore in Carolina, and uh, his top two receivers are down for an extended period of time. Greg Olson's done probably for most of the season, and Kelvin Benjamin's out with a knee injury to be determined when he'll return. So now they're down to Devin Funches, Christian McCaffrey, and Curtis Samuel. There's just not a lot there. So... Unfortunately, Cam's time as a QB1, I'm going to say this right now, I think it's over. I think he's done. Now, of course, I'm going to bench him in four leagues or cut him, and he's going to go up against New England and probably put up 30 points. So it'll be a double-edged FU towards towards me. But, Mark, you got Cam Newton. He's, he's the reason why you're 0-3 right now in our league. Uh, where are you at with Cam, and what's your plan moving forward? Hmm.
1: I'm going to ride this train out. It's my <laughs> fault I took him. I'm gonna ride this wave out. That's all I gotta say about that because I don't really want to waste any more breath on it.
0: Okay, another quarterback to really struggle this week. We mentioned that the Ravens were terrible. Joe Flacco had negative points again, or not again, but another NFC AFC North quarterback. Uh, Andy Dalton had it in Week One. Multiple interceptions. He had like 29 yards passing. It absolutely destroyed the value of Jeremy Macklin, Buck Allen, and any any sort of. Uh, skill player on the Ravens and we don't have to talk about him too much but the really interesting thing going on Sean is the Oakland Raiders receivers Amari Cooper Michael Crabtree combined for two catches for 13 yards what the hell's going on in Oakland I mean this was Washington it's not like it was an amazing defense and now in week four they're heading into Denver can you start either of these guys in week four on in any of your lineups
2: I think you probably – well, yeah, you probably have to because who are you replacing them with? Right. But you've got a buyer beware type situation or start beware. Um, In in both cases, that was a baffling performance. It wasn't as if – I almost had to do a double check to see if they traveled to London and played there, (laughs) and it was a 12-hour difference because just to play that bad – when it wouldn't have been really that much of a time change for them because it was a night game, it it was just bizarre. Uh, So you either got to think that it's a bounce back, or if they have trouble, you know, in a tough matchup against Denver with that pass rush, things get a little squirrely for them, and their defense, it's just awful. Sad. It Bad. is sad. Yeah, now, one, one thing I want to come back to, I do find it fascinating. You, you brought up Joe Flacco. That's just a little bit of Patriot spite because if you've got <laughs> Joe Flacco on your, on your fantasy lineup and you're starting Joe Flacco, you suck anyways. You don't even deserve <laughs> it. I, I put in Phil Rivers there. That performance, as chat one Chad Jones knows, that was disappointing. Joe Flacco? Mark, who's starting Joe Flacco? Terrible. I just wanted to Terrible. let the people know. <laughs> I just wanted to dig in them Ravens. I'm fine with that because I hate them rats. You better believe it. Uh, another
0: receiver who only had one catch for one yard, which is shocking because he had 100 yards and a touchdown last week, was Travis Kelsey, tight end for the Chiefs. Mark, what's going on with Travis Kelsey? He's hit or miss. One week will be terrible, next week will be great, and then it'll be terrible again. I mean, what Can we get some sort of consistency with a guy who went into the season being drafted as the number two tight end?
1: This is really simple. If you watch the Kansas City Chiefs game, Tyreek Hill is awesome. He's literally awesome. He's the fastest player in the NFL. He gets he, the whole vertical game. Just wait. Travis Kelsey, if I trade for him, because once all these teams start playing the angel defense, so say Greg Williams calls it, they're not going to let Tyreek Hill get behind him. This guy is blazing speed. He's a vertical threat. He's Deshaun Jackson times five, and this is only going to open up more of the field. For Travis Kelsey
2: and that's why Kareem
1: Hunt's playing well too I mean they're, they're not getting that extra guy in the box because if they bring him down it's, oh, it's over it is yeah, literally Kareem over Cream so these Hunt, other guys are benefiting from Tyreek Hill
0: Kareem Hunt another amazing game uh, he continues to be the best running back in fantasy it's all football Tyreek
1: Hill it's it, All Tyreek Hill. He,
0: Tyreek's opening up for sure and I think a lot of it's also Andy Reid just calling a really good offense and, and using uh, his offensive strengths to their benefit obviously um Final guy, this guy sucks. Jay 11 rushes, 16 yards, two receptions, nine yards. You know, I told a lot of people going into draft season that I did not like him as a first round pick because if you look at his numbers from last year, he was very hit or miss. He got half of his yardage in three games, very inconsistent, and you're going to get duds like this. And he's there were rumors that he's having some knee pain, and the reason why he fell to the fifth round, even though he had an amazing career at Boise State, was because he has a degenerative knee, and uh, they don't think he's going to last very long in the NFL. But you know I can't explain really what happened Sunday, other than that whole Dolphins offense looked like crap, and uh, now they head over to London. So we'll see if if the trip across the pond will help them like it helped Jacksonville, or if it'll hurt them like it hurt the Ravens.
2: But and mind you, you had, they don't leave till Friday. New Orleans is already there, so yeah, well, I don't know what the actual numbers show on teams that go early and teams that don't. But I, I just that's an interesting little tidbit.
0: Yeah, we'll see how that all plays out. But if you guys have any week Four, this guy sucks, let us know again, just like the Point Pounders hashtag, this guy sucks. Tweet us, tweet at us at Glory Podcast. We'll be sure to retweet those and get that conversation going. But let's go right into the injuries and some of the waiver wire pickups that you can get uh, to replace some of these players. And Sean, you talked about this player in our draft prepped episode, and he's a guy that's always on your team. He's old faithful. Uh, he's always there for you in a time of need when you need to plug in a running back in PPR leagues. It looks like it might be the end of the line for Darren Sproles. On the same play, broke his arm and tore his ACL. He's 34. He's in a contract year. I understand this guy is kind of a freak of nature and just continues to to beat the odds. But is this the end of Darren Sproles in the NFL? Is this the last we've seen of Darren Sproles?
2: If we had any money for tech. Or uh, being able to pay for musicians right now, we'd have about 15 seconds of uh, Sarah McLachlan. I will remember you, but sadly, we don't have that type of uh, cachet, so we can't play that. But once we get yeah, signed
0: by once we get signed by like an iHeartMedia uh, company, then we can That's have right. all the rights to that music. We'll, so. we'll come
2: back to Darren Sproul's <laughs> eulogy. I've had him in, in multiple teams. I, I'm getting, I'm obviously dropping him here. Uh, I'm so bummed about that. It, so as you reflect on Darren Sproles, Darren I remember him back to K-State beating Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game when Oklahoma had a chance to play for the title if they had won that game, if I recall correctly. Uh, then going to every team he was at, just a pain in the ass for defenses. Basically the modern day Dave Meggett from the, the 80s and, and early 90s. Um, Minus the cocaine and the strippers. That's true. Yeah, so that's a little oh. disappointing from Darren. But, <laughs> hey, Darren, there's still time. You can make a comeback <laughs> on both fronts. Get your knee right, get some cocaine and some strippers, and, and see what happens. But uh, Interest,
0: Interestingly enough, how about that San Diego Chargers team that at one point had Ladainian Tomlinson, the power of the ass, Michael Turner, and Darren Sproles in their running back room? That's a pretty damn good running back room, considering their careers not only in the NFL but uh, in fantasy football drafts.
2: That's right, and they had Marty Schottenheimer, and they didn't win a damn thing. <laughs>
0: um, so, Sean, who who should guys pick up on the waiver wire if they had Darren Sproles? Who's going to be replacing him in Philadelphia?
2: I think Smallwood is. I think it's a little bit by committee. They signed Barner just about a couple hours ago. This is— Ah, uh, oh, not
0: again. Not yeah, again. little
2: Kenyon. You know, Ryan Matthews could be in play. Anybody's probably in play because— uh, I think with Smallwood, you probably have the same concerns you have with Sproles. The more work you give him, the potential for injury. He was injured at the beginning of the year, just kind of getting back into form. Maybe a stash guy is Donnell Pumphrey as the season goes along, if he can come back. Um, I think he's on the IR right now. But he could be one that's a little sneaky, that would be used very, very similarly similarly to Sproles. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Smallwood will play that role for now, but I also think they might not trust his pass-catching ability, so hence Barner's in town.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and as you mentioned, another guy too, LeGarrette Blunt, who might see a few more carries now, uh, came over as a free agent. He's kind of been in the doghouse a little bit. I think only had like six or seven carries last week and was out-snapped by Smallwood. So it seems like, it, you're right, it is going to be a committee, but I think Smallwood will lead that, lead that committee and has uh, the, the best chance to become you know a low-end RB2, maybe a flex play uh, moving forward this season. Uh, another player that got injured we uh, we mentioned earlier, Kelvin Benjamin, got rolled up. Awkward-looking knee injury. Uh, all the reports came out that it looks like he will be okay, and he might miss this week against the Patriots, but it does not look like it'll be an extended uh, time that he'll be out. Devin Funches probably steps up as the, the main benefactor for this only because there's really not a lot of bodies there. Uh, we mentioned them briefly, but if you have some money to spend on the waiver wire and you n- need a wide receiver, I think Funches could be a decent option. But again, with the whole thing going on with Cam Newton, I have a really hard time um, endorsing too, too much into the Carolina offense and anybody other than Christian McCaffrey. Another receiver that got banged up in week three, Doug Baldwin for the Seahawks. He's got a groin injury. They're still not sure if he's going to miss time. But, Mark, if he does miss time, what receivers in Seattle do you think will benefit the most from his absence?
1: They don't have enough receivers that are going to consistently put up numbers. So if you're on a fantasy standpoint, I wouldn't even sweat it. Obviously, Paul Richardson and Tyler Lockett are guys, but I wouldn't play them. So. It's either Doug Baldwin or, or bust. I mean, Jimmy Graham's putting up pathetic numbers, uh, yeah. so I wouldn't bank on anyone in the Seattle wide receivers. Just like I wouldn't bet on any of the Seattle running backs in the preseason.
0: What about Eddie Lacy?
1: Did you like that subtle dig there? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was really
0: good. Um, so those are the major injuries from last week. There weren't a ton, fortunately. Um, but of course, if you can pick up any of their backups on the waiver wire, I suggest you do that. Then we'll go into a few more players that could be available in your 12 12 or 14 team leagues, and probably your 10 team leagues as well. Uh, The first guy I want to talk about, uh, Fantasy Legend, who is starting to have a comeback in Denver, and that might be detrimental to the Zustin Bros Dynasty team, but Jamal Charles actually outperformed C.J. Anderson last week in Denver. Sean, is this kind of a sign of things to come or is it still going to be CJ Anderson's backfield or we have a full blown committee here in, in Denver now?
2: Uh, I'm totally fine with Jamal Charles getting run weeks three through 10. Cause there's no way in hell Jamal Charles has 15 weeks in him. So I'm perfectly content with work and usage right now, anything to help balance and, and limit some of CJ. We talked last week or the week, even the week before that it's tough for him to put together multiple games in a row um, particularly with Trevor Simeon as it is, and he was awful. Um, so I, I'm kind of fine with it. And obviously, you'd like a little bit more output uh, from from Anderson. But you know, all told, as long as he's healthy, we're going to at least we've got someone we can we can plop in there.
0: Right, uh, Mark Sean just mentioned Trevor Simeon, and I had a few questions posed to me on Twitter. Uh, people asked me before last week, should they pick up Jared Goff or pick up Trevor Simeon? And I was personally saying go with Goff just because I, I trust the Rams' uh, offense more. Just honestly because of Sean McVay, and I really just don't trust Trevor Simeon because we, we've seen him. Uh, you know, if you're if you are in trouble at quarterback, if you're streaming guys right now. Do you trust Jared Goff, who's probably a top twelve quarterback in points per game in most dynasty or most fantasy leagues? Do you trust him as a streamer moving forward? Can you can you put him in your starting mm-hmm. lineup?
1: No. And the reason why is simple. They've had, in my opinion, they've had a cake like schedule early that I think allowed them to get started mm-hmm. and get going. Um, I don't trust them moving forward with what they gotta do. Um, You know, Jared Goff, the first three weeks of the season, played Indianapolis, who's not very good, at home. Then he played Washington at home, and then he played San Francisco right up the road. So in this grand scheme of things, you know, he hasn't really left California. One, he hasn't, and he hasn't really played. Ready for his next two games, he's at Dallas. That's going to be a tough defense to go against. And then he's against Seattle, so I think the the it, and then he's at Jacksonville, and then he's home against Arizona, so and then he's got a buy. So if you're thinking about getting him now, buckle up the next five weeks because the matchups are not good. Then he's at the Giants, and then he's got Houston, and then he's at Minnesota. Like right. this guy, you don't want him. Maybe in a dynasty league, but in, in any type of redraft league, he's done. What you've got out of him last week is is it
0: hmm. Yeah, those are good points. Schedule does not look favorable for him and the Rams moving forward. So maybe even if you have a Todd Gurley type, you sell high on him as well. I saw some other questions on Twitter. Uh, trade Todd Gurley for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, you should do that. You know, sell high, sell high as much as I love Todd Gurley. You got to sell high. Uh, Who's next got, out got Le'Veon Bell
2: that wants that trade. Cause I want in that league. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Check let's out make our a deal.
0: Check out our Twitter mentions. Cause uh, you- you'll find it there. Um, a tight end that's kind of close to my heart from my hometown. Good kid. Used to beat him in Mario Kart back in the day, though. Ryan Griffin, tight end for the Texans, played pretty well against the Patriots. He actually usually does. Uh, mm-hmm. He could be Who's a player. Got the phone on. Cut the phone off. Jeez. This happens every week, Mark. <laughs> it ain't me. It ain't me. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of injuries at tight end. We we found out Tyler Eifert is out for a few weeks. We found out that Jordan Reed's not back; he's not healthy. Uh, Greg Olson's obviously out for next, for a long time. So, if you need a tight end, if you lost your tight end, Ryan Griffin could be an option there because CJ Fitzwarren is out for the season. He's on the IR with a concussion, and um, there really isn't a second option in Houston right now behind DeAndre Hopkins. So, I think that Griffin could. Be that guy. A very cheap pickup in in all fantasy leagues. Um, Baltimore Ravens, they're struggling at running back, but Alex Collins stepped up. Sean, you know, Alex Collins' second-year player was on Seattle last year, got cut, was on the practice squad in Baltimore. You know, is he a viable low-end RB2 if he's able to take this job from Terrence West? Because Terrence West fumbled again on Sunday, and, you know, piss-poor performance. Alex Collins, 92 yards. Can Alex Collins be uh, a player for your fantasy football team?
2: Alex Collins still got cut for a reason or waived or whatever the hell he was. Um, I think all this excitement for potentially Alex Collins is not that different from Buck Allen, which was, what, a week and a half ago, Luke? So I think it's very stunning. Baltimore's offensive line, when they lose Yonda, that's some major problems. And that may have contributed to how bad their offense was this week. I mean, that that's... That's the Joe Thomas of guards, almost. Um, I think it's a real problem for Baltimore through the rest of the year. Their offense doesn't seem to do anything really well. Uh, They don't get Mike Wallace the ball deep, so they don't stretch the field. But then they also can't run the ball consistently in either direction. And I, I, I don't know that I'd want any fantasy player for Baltimore starting on mine week to week.
0: Yeah, Buck Allen was a huge disappointment on Sunday. Uh, it was interesting. He wasn't getting – he got, I think, one touch in the first half, even though he outsnapped snapped Terrence West, which really made absolutely no sense because I don't think Buck Allen's a great talent, but he played well the week before. I think he's probably right now their best running back, definitely from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, so I don't, we'll see. I, I kind of like Alex Collins. We'll see what he does. I picked him up in Dynasty League, stashing him. If he turns into anything, great. If not, I'll cut him. Uh, the final guy that I want to talk about that might be available on your waiver wire – Mark, Trent Richardson signed with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, thoughts on that? Is he going to make it back? Is he uh, going to get back in the NFL anytime soon?
1: I can't believe you just asked a Cleveland fan his, his opinion. <laughs> you want this to be a viable podcast, and you're bringing Trent Richardson in. All
2: right, we'll move on. He we'll we just on. wanted it because the Rough Riders. And, but again, <laughs> we don't have DMX. We can't play that song because we don't have any money. So True
0: story. DMX looking for houses in New Hampshire right now. So pretty pumped about that. Might run and into one I'd be
2: pumped about that too.
0: There's <laughs> not
1: much to be pumped about. 50
2: times.
0: Two years ago, we had Juvenile show up and play downtown Manchester. Bone Thugs came a few years ago to play downtown Manchester. And now DMX is trying to move in. So. I'm pretty excited about that. He knows that there's no sales tax, uh, no income tax, so he wants to that's, come here. That's the reason. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll move on to our Week 4 Point Pounders. Uh, as I mentioned a few times this episode, tweet at us at Glory Podcast with your hashtag Point Pounder. Let us know who you like this week, and be sure to plug them into your DFS lineups trade forum. Um, and my favorite guy this week, gentlemen, is Joe Mixon. He finally led the Bengals' Backfield group in touches and he didn't didn't set the world on fire, but he looked better than Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard, and I think he's kind of put the stamp on you know just the backfield, saying this is my backfield and uh, I'm going to roll with it. So if you invested in Joe Mixon, Mark, Sean, I know you guys did in the Dynasty League. I think that he's a week-to-week starter moving forward. It only took four weeks, which isn't terrible considering he's a rookie. But uh, I like Joe Mixon this week against the Browns. Mark, who do you guys your point-pounder in week four?
1: Case Keenum, baby. Oh. Minnesota Vikings quarterback. This is what I do. I tell my fans to go get someone in the free agency, pick him up, and start him. because this is what I do. For all you Cam Newton owners, you don't want to start him in New England. You want to start Case Keenum. Against the Detroit Lions. You know why? Because Case Keenum lit him up for three touchdowns last year. That's why. And they're in a nice little rhythm right now. Mr. Diggs is getting open. They know where the ball needs to go. I'm thinking Kyle Rudolph might get a touchdown or two. Case Keenum, three touchdowns again against the Detroit Lions. And my friends, that's the definition of a hashtag point pounder.
0: <laughs>
2: Very good, Mark. Sean, who do you got in week four? Uh, I'm going. To, I, I can't make that deep of a of a pick there. That, that's a good one. I'm going Keenan Allen. I love the matchup against Philly. They couldn't cover either of the Giants' receivers last week. I expect that to continue, and I think it's um, a chance for Rivers and that team to kind of get up and down a little vertical. And I think Keenan Allen's a big part of that. Maybe even a Travis Benjamin might be worth a, a glance. Tyrell Williams, but look on the outside for for the the chargers, the San Diego chargers. Cause screw that LA <laughs> crowd or whatever the hell that it was. So I like Keenan Allen from San Diego. Jerry's going, with Michael Thomas going
0: over to London against the Miami dolphins. Uh, Michael Thomas continues to be the number one wide receiver in new Orleans. And actually Willie Sneed will be back this week after a three game suspension, but, uh, it's still Thomas. He's a lead dog. And, and Jerry thinks that he's going to have a big week, uh, across the pond for the new Orleans saints. Mark, we're going to go into our hashtag, This Guy Sucks. Of course, everybody, at Glory Podcast, let us know who you think is going to suck this year, just being a major disappointment this week. Um, Mark, who do you got for this week's This Guy Sucks? Who'd sucked? I take?
1: Luke, who'd I take? DeMarco I Murray. Oh, I would not start DeMarco Murray. That dude's walking into a meat grinder, a la Kingsman 2. I'll tell you this right now. Houston's going to be fired up. I would not want to play Houston this week. I'm thinking a la New Orleans against the Falcons. That's just a bad matchup. That D-line is going to—they they screwed up week one. They're not screwing up this week. The Texans are going to light DeMarco Murray up. It's not his type of game with that D-line. That front. Now is,
0: Mark, is this just wishful thinking because you're just praying that Derrick Henry turns into a viable week-to-week starter?
1: I wouldn't start Derrick Henry this week either. But okay. I'm telling you right now, if you watch their games, DeMarco Murray broke a 75-yarder off on a huge hole because they have a good offensive line. Derrick Henry, anyone listening to this podcast that watches these games, they, they all know Derrick Henry's a better running back. It's not even a question. It's it's literally not a question. He'll be a top 2 round pick next year when you guys draft in your redraft leagues.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jerry's got T.Y. Hilton uh, saying Seattle ain't Cleveland, so he thinks T.Y. is going to struggle. I was pretty impressed. I know that the Colts played Cleveland, but I was pretty impressed with Jacoby Brissett getting the ball to T.Y. Hilton. Uh, One of my leagues, I sat T.Y. the first two weeks, and I started him against the Browns, and it worked out well for me. Uh, But that's who Jerry's got. Sean, who do you have this week?
2: So, you know, I know when we did our sheet, I put down Gronk for it, but having already used him, I thought that was a little bit of a cop-out on my part. Okay. Um, so I, I'm I'm kind of mixing and matching here a little bit. I'm going to go Zeke Elliott. I think Ooh. Zeke Elliott struggles mightily this week after a Monday night shorter turnaround, and I don't like him against the Los Angeles Rams. Okay, Zeke continues
0: to struggle. Uh, he actually had a decent game uh, last night. 80 yards and a touchdown, a couple catches. So he's trying to starting to turn around a little bit, but just not the Zeke that we saw last year. I think all the off field stuff is is maybe distracting him a little bit. Maybe he's just his ego is a little bit too big. But uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be shocked if he struggled. A guy that I think is really going to struggle this week is Mike Evans for Tampa Bay. They're playing the Giants, and we know the Giants secondary is pretty legit. Um, you know, I expected more from that offense. Uh, I think that Jameis continues to struggle. Sean, you mentioned that he's never going to be the Tom Brady type. He's more going to be like the the grinder like Ben roethlisberger Um but you know I expect a little bit more from this mm-hmm. offense and I just think this is a week where uh they'll struggle against the Giants. So uh those are our this guy sucks. We'll be sure to release these on Twitter. Um but we're going to close the episode right now with some rapid fire starter sit uh that we got uh sent to us via email or via Twitter via Facebook. Uh, a few different ways. So, if you want us to talk about your starter sit or have any trade advice for that upcoming week, feel free to give us a shout, and we'll do our best to answer that on on air. Uh, so, the first one we want to talk about is Demarius Thomas versus Oakland versus Stephon Diggs against Detroit. Sean, who you got here? I'm going Diggs. Okay, uh, Mark. Who, who Diggs or who? Demarius. Give
1: me a who. Good game. Uh, give me uh, Diggs against Detroit.
0: Okay, I'm going to go Demarius Thomas versus Oakland. I just think that the the matchup's a little bit better for him. And Diggs, you know, maybe this is the year he he puts it all together. He's consistent. Is it rapid league.
2: fire or is it rapid fire? Let's go. All right, all what right. About your pick.
0: So next one we got Pierre Garçon versus Arizona or Jarvis Landry against, Landry against New Orleans. Sean, who do you got?
2: Landry, Mark, Jarvis.
0: I'll go Pierre Garçon. I'm going to keep on uh, riding that
2: train.
0: Oh, yeah. So next next one, we have a tough matchup here. We have Amari Cooper versus Denver or Golden Tate versus Minnesota. Personally, I'm going Golden Tate versus Minnesota. Mark, who do you like here?
1: Golden Tate. Amari Cooper is getting called out by his head coach about dropping
2: the ball. Guy's a bum.
0: <laughs> Sean?
2: Consistently overdrafted Amari Cooper. I'm taking Golden Tate.
0: Okay, we're chalk for Golden Tate on this one. uh Kareem Hunt versus Washington or Todd Gurley versus Dallas. Mark.
1: Kareem Hunt. Sean. Sean. Kareem Hunt. There you go. All right. Sean, coming at you, and the guy takes ten hours. To answer. <laughs> man,
2: I was, I was. That was painstaking. I made these, and I'm That's- like, man, I don't know which <laughs> one to take. God, that's like Mark drafting. I'm going talk early, baby. Let's what are you that talking train. about? First of all, I didn't you took longer to draft than me
1: this year.
0: It took me a while to decide I wanted uh, Yeah, Danny so Wim you Wim. don't come
1: at me there, Eddie Lacy. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, Chris Thompson versus Kansas City or Treat Cohen versus Green Bay. Mark, who do you like? Treat Cohen. John? Chris Thompson. I'm gonna go with Chris Thompson. I'm gonna go with Chris Cohen. Oh my Thompson.
1: god, you guys nope. are crazy. <clears throat> I'd All bet right, we got anything on
0: that? We got a three-parter here: Doug Baldwin versus Indy, Devontae Parker versus New Orleans, or Michael Thomas versus Miami. I'm going to go with Michael Thomas. Agree with my good friend Jerry Burris on the point pounder, Sean. Who are you going with here?
2: I'm going Michael Thomas. It pains me to go with Burris. <laughs> you gonna Burris make a go three with? mark. Uh, well, Burris. that Michael Thomas is a point
0: pounder, so I'd assume he'd go with Michael Thomas. Who
2: Assumptions for Burris are
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't
2: assume I'm anything. Going with
1: like Doug Baldwin. I'm, I'm, Doug Baldwin might have one of those weird games that he always has with like five catches and three touchdowns. Who knows?
0: <laughs> uh, CJ Anderson versus Oakland or Demarco Murray versus Houston. Tough. Mark, I'm, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess your guess here is CJ Anderson, but I'll let you confirm that.
1: Bur- uh, yeah, give me like my roommate up. He says, "Give me CJ Anderson, baby."
2: <laughs> Why does he say that? <laughs> <I don't
1: know. laughs> Hey, he heard us talking on the on it, and he goes, C.J. Anderson. He wanted me to tell you, watching the the Redskins' D, Sean, Mason Crosby's his big underdog this week.
0: Mason Crosby.
1: <laughs> I know. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And Sean track. Track. He said C.J. Anderson.
2: I'm going C.J. Anderson as well. That means we just officially put the stink on him, and he's going to blow a knee out.
0: All right. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'll go to DeMarco Murray. Uh, wishful thinking in a couple of my leagues, I have him rolling against Houston this week. Uh, Dez versus the Rams, Crabtree versus Denver, or T.Y. versus Seattle. I was dogging Dez. He only had two catches, and uh, Sean, uh, I know it hurts you a little bit, so I'm going to go
2: T.Y. here. Sean, who are you going to go with? I'm going Dez. It was a be- bullshit Ooh. touchdown. It was not a touchdown. The ball didn't cross. The refs gave him a pity touchdown. The ball, they ne- they assumed the touchdown without visually confirming it or seeing it. Baffling. Uh, I lost the- because of it.
0: This is the theme continuing, the theme continuing for 2017. Sean, who
2: do you got, or Mark, who do you got here?
1: All right, say these again. I got to think. I got to reprocess these. Des versus the Rams, Crabtree
0: versus Denver, or TY versus Seattle? All right,
1: I will never, uh, I will never pick. I'll I'll take Des. That's that simple. I'll take Des.
0: Okay. Uh, I'll never take
1: Crabtree ever again.
0: Okay. LaShawn McCoy versus Atlanta. Zeke versus the Rams. Le'Veon Bell versus Baltimore. Mark, who do you
2: like? Jeez, you're saying these so fast. Uh, (laughs) Le'Veon Bell. Sean? McCoy. A
1: lot of point
2: pounds out of the backfield.
0: I agree. I'm going with Sean McCoy here. Uh, And final one, pick two for PPR. Martavis Bryant versus Baltimore. Tevin Coleman versus Buffalo. Or Chris Hogan versus Carolina. Mark, pick two.
1: Go to Sean first on this. You're saying it so fast, I can't even... Think. I said it slow this time. Get oh, a this computer is, this and have it in front This of you. is
2: easy. Martavius Bryant and Chris Hogan. Okay. Repeat.
1: So I want a
0: repeat of the question. Martavius Bryant, Tevin Coleman.
1: You're killing me. Let's
0: go. Chris Hogan.
1: I'll take pick Tevin Coleman. Pick two. Pick two. I don't want to take two. I only want Tevin. I want Tevin Coleman at times two. Chris Hogan. Chris <laughs> Hogan's whack. So
2: Mark's taking Tevin Coleman and a blank spot.
1: <laughs> yeah, I ain't want none of them other punks.
2: Alright,
0: well, th- this is uh, you guys are helping me out for my flex in the Dynasty League this mm-hmm. week, so I'm, I'm torn on these three. So, thank you very much. I'll, I'll go with your, your thoughts, Sean. I um, that got on. Tevin Coleman, hey, listen,
1: I'm going to say this really quick. <laughs> it, I, I'm not lying. I was, the, I was at the Lions-Falcons game. I was sitting row two lower level. Tevin Coleman is awesome. And they use him perfectly that he's going to consistently get you Anywhere from 8 to 16 points, easy a game. That dude is awesome. I'd love to have him in my RB, two. He is so low risk. Great, solid points. Love that dude.
0: Well, now he's going to tear his ACL. Thank you very much for that. Um, so, gentlemen, anything you're looking forward to as we get into week four of the fantasy football season, other than a, a win in our league? Mark, somebody
2: put <laughs> their phone on silence. That's that's <laughs> what I'm looking for. <laughs> I can't hear nothing what you guys are talking about, but I, I got. big Yeah, plans. because you're looking at your phone vibrating.
1: No, <laughs> it's because you guys keep texting for no reason. It's on silent. Nothing. We're I not Jackson. Hey, uh, you, you texting right now? i
0: You I'm better not look texting. out
1: for the. You better look out for the reign of terror, because uh, I'm about to get it going, and uh, I'm about, I might make a deal. I might mix something up, but if you think going three is compl- is good enough for me. You're on drugs. I'll be making deals. Wheeling and dealing is about to is about to be my new team name. If the reign of terror don't work,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish you luck. Um, I I grant you this. Those are some good team names. Wheeling and dealing and <laughs> reign of terror. Because you, I don't even know who you play, so I can't say you're going to be zero four.
1: I play Jonesy Red Riders, and I'm telling you right now, guys. He's one and two and twelfth in the league. This is this is a matchup to kick someone out of playoff contention in this week four. <laughs> Do or die, baby.
2: Do or lose die. Loser goes home.
1: Yeah, literally. Like, it's Macho Man versus Hulk Hogan at, like, WrestleMania. It's like, you retirement. got to retire. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I kind of hope you lose because uh, I think the world's a better place when you're not in the playoffs. But that's just me, per, per, so personally. Your um, team so goes, anyway.
1: too. So I hope you lose, too, then.
0: <laughs> my, my six Patriots I start every week. Am I a homer? I can't tell.
1: Yeah, I, I guess.
0: Yes. So, anyways, that that'll wrap it up. So I'd
1: love to play you in the playoffs, by the way, because when the Patriots clinch the division with like four le- weeks left in the season, you're, you're going free, both and you're so talking about playing in the
2: playoffs in the championship game. You're
1: unbelievable. <laughs> well, when you make it in the last nine years, that's usually pretty common, Mister December.
0: <laughs> he knows where he'll be. All right, well, hey, that wraps up episode four or episode sixty-nine as we uh, look forward to week four of the fantasy football season. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Glory Podcast and uh, send us any questions you may have. And uh, good luck this weekend. We'll talk to you guys next week.